0: And these are our stories
1: hello there this is James Klobasa from stepdad success and today we've got another interview and today we're moving to the UK a lot of uh, people we've been talking to have been based in the States and Australia but today it's the UK and we've got exton Mail on the line he has actually an Amazon business which was quite interested in me coming from an online background But runs an Amazon business, sells various products online and is quite successful in that, which is fantastic. He also, of course, is a dad and a stepdad. So we'll find out a little bit more from Exxon. Exxon, are you there, mate? I am indeed, James. Awesome, mate. Great, mate. Great. Thanks very much for coming on today and, um, welcome as I, you know, we'll dive into the conversation. But first of all, I might just get you to give us a little bit of Background on yourself. Just, um, yeah, if you can give us a little bit of perfect. insight into a little bit of backstory.
2: Okay. Well, on, on the family side, business side, on me, um, what would be, uh, start wherever you like, mate. And we'll see where it ends up, but, um, yeah, maybe the, just yourself and
1: head towards the family.
2: Perfect. Okay. Well, um, try and keep this succinct. So I am a 47 year old father of four. Um, I have been working in the financial markets, uh, specifically financial derivatives, uh, since leaving university. That all changed last year, uh, where I started my, my Amazon business whilst I was still working in the markets. Uh, that went really well and, uh, got to a stage where I was earning as much as that other was in my job. So I took the plunge, uh, at the end of last year, gave him my notice, bit of a, a leap of faith and, uh, yeah, my my last official paycheck was uh, was in January this year, so I'm fully self-employed now. Uh, working with my my brother-in-law, and my wife, up in my garage, so I have a commute now of about thirty-eight steps to my desk, rather than <laughs> uh, a, a, an hour, you know, battling through the you know the halls with people at, at the London stations every morning. So, my my life has changed massively for the better over the last six months. Uh, yeah. I'd really got bored with the. The amount of time I was spending out of the house, uh, you know, during very busy times in my career, I was leaving the house at five in the morning, getting back at you know ten o'clock, eleven o'clock in the evening. So I wouldn't see the wife or kids for you know periods of large swathes of the week. So uh, yes, so so it's all good. Um, Going back to the family. um, So I, uh, my my first wife. I've been married twice. So uh, my first wife, I met. Uh, at school. We were friends at school. Um, Got together romantically, I suppose, uh, when we were 17 and uh, got married when we were 28. Uh, Had two kids, a son and a daughter, uh, who are now 17 and 15. Um, And uh, unfortunately, in 2011, uh, she died. Julianne died. Uh, She had a just uh she got something called sepsis which is a a blood infection and uh it was very sudden you know one day one day to the next it happened over a period of one day so that was a big shock to the whole family uh Yeah, yeah a massive a massive uh yeah tragedy basically so uh my job then was was a big challenge to try and uh you know first of all keep the kids lives on track as much as i possibly could and keep my life on track um and uh, I'll come back to that later. And then um, in 2012, <clears throat> I was at a family wedding and uh, came across a young lady called Josie, who all of my family had known for years. I'd never actually met her. Uh, so that was quite interesting. We we chatted and we had a real sort of connection and, and chatted, you know, as friends for the whole wedding weekend. Nothing romantic happened in anyway. way. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And then about a month later, I was just I kept thinking about her, and uh, I just thought, right, sod it, you know, I'll just uh, I'll give her a call and see what happens. Yeah. So, uh, why not? Well, I I didn't even give her a call. I was too nervous. You know, I can you imagine I hadn't dated anyone since I was, you know, since my first wife. She's, sure. You know, I I asked her out for a date, and you know, I was sorted for the next next twenty five years. So uh, yeah, I, I was a novice. So that went really well. We had a. Uh, a long volley of uh, emails over about six weeks before we finally uh, got to meet up. There was a a, a 200 mile gap between us. So that was a bit of a challenge. So anyway, that went really well. She had a daughter from a previous relationship who was six at the time. Um, So that, that is my uh, route into being a stepdad, which is why I'm on this call, I suppose. Um, and after about a year, we decided, you know, we didn't want to live apart. And, uh, and Josie and Summer decided to to relocate and join uh, myself, Oscar, and Abby as, as one family. So that was just over four years ago. Um, and then me and Josie got married uh, two years, uh, three years ago. Sorry, and we decided at, at that age. You know, I was uh, I was forty four, forty five. Josie was forty two, forty three. We thought. Why don't we just try for a baby, and see what happens? Uh, if if we don't, if nothing happens, you know we're blessed to have three awesome children. And if something does happen, beautiful, you know it's meant to be. So so we tried, and, and luckily uh, straight away, Josie got pregnant. So we now have little baby Dexter, who's uh, who was two years old last week. Um, so yeah, to make a, a very symmetrical four kids, uh, two sons and two daughters. So. Yeah, wow. It's uh, it's been it's been a you know, after the tragedy of Land dying, it's been, you know, we, we've had some very good times after the the darkness.
1: Yeah, wow. So, uh, sure.
2: Yes, it, it's a very very busy uh, life now, but it's a very an enjoyable life. I was going to say, have a big family. Four kids in the house that'll uh, that'll keep anyone busy. Tell me, exactly. um,
1: excellent. Like, just going back. Um, a little bit what was your upbringing like like what's your background and you know your parents and that sort of thing
2: okay so i come from a very sorry james go on no you you're right you go so i come from uh, a a very medical background most of my family are doctors nurses um so because of that my dad my mum always said my dad was married to the national health service which is the uh The the health service in the UK so he dedicated himself massively towards the cause so he was out of the door well he I never really saw him at home he was he was either uh you know doing operations on patients or or seeing them before the operation or seeing them after the operation he he really did sort of go the extra mile compared to a lot of his colleagues so that was him um my mum was a uh a nurse in her early career and then became a midwife so she had to do lots of Elongated shifts uh, and a lot of the time she did night shifts, so they both worked throughout my childhood, and that was mainly to uh, fund both myself and my uh, elder sister's uh, private school education so uh, my parents decided that the the local the free school uh, was not what they wanted for us, so you know they made sacrifices and and sent us to this cheap paying school so massively grateful for that um. So because my, my dad was out of the house more than my mum, my mum was the main, uh, my mum was like my mum and my dad. She was the carer sure. and also the d- disciplinarian. So sort of real matriarchal figure. So, um, you know, my dad would fund the whole operation mainly yep. because he, he earned more. But, uh, you know, my mum, you know, provided all the, you know, all the love and, you know, kept the house together. And so yeah, she, she really, dominated the family uh, and you know I suppose she she's, she still kept that uh, position with, with her and my dad you know she sort of runs runs their life um, yeah. so yeah it was a very very happy upbringing you know uh, I know a lot of a lot of families go through you know divorce of their parents luckily I haven't had that um, they were you know we, we had lots of I, I, was, I remember lots of arguments in the house based mainly based around money which uh, a lot of it was the fact that my mum, I think, didn't resent, but she, she felt that my dad should put a bit more effort into our family rather than into, into, you know, his patients. And I think, I've regularly heard her say charity begins at home. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's an
1: that, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, um, that is kind of the, the standard and, you know, on this on this podcast, you know, we talk a little bit about living the warrior's way and and those concepts. So you know, the the concept of you know people being essentially sedated in the past, you know, li- living through that. Okay, I've got to you know just go to work all day and make the money and come home and expect everything kind of rosy. At, yeah. um, it's it's kind of the way that our parents were brought up, um, yeah. and you know they they've obviously, you know, instilled that into us to some extent. And, you know, that's why I guess, you know, the podcast is a little bit about breaking free of that um,
2: kind of old past habits as well. Yeah. I exactly. um, fully agree with that. I mean, yeah. that's what my my, my, dad, my dad did. And then I, I replicated that, didn't I? So throughout my right. years in the final, you know, I just swapped the health service for, for uh, banks and hedge funds. And, and I did exactly right. the same thing and, and right. until I sort of, you know, woke up to it. Yeah, I was going
1: to say, was it, did you wake up to that or was it some sort of outside force that,
2: you know, yeah, kind I, of had your wake did, up? I did wake up to that. I did wake up to that. And I think uh Julianne's death was a, a big thing that made me look back and think, you know, I've I missed out on a lot of my, my kids growing up Um because, you know, I've only been there, you know, from... from you know, Sunday night when I would give them a kiss, good night. To uh, you know, I wouldn't see them again sometimes till Saturday morning. So So yeah. um, and then I just thought, you know, Julianne died, you know, very quickly and suddenly. The same could happen to any of us. So I just yeah. need to, you know, make a change yeah. to my life. Yeah. So I think I woke up to to answer your question. Yeah, sure. I mean, we
1: we are talking about stepkids on the on the podcast, and but essentially it all is under parenting. I kind of just wanted to. Circle back around to the death the death of your first wife, and just ask how you dealt with that, and how you dealt with the kids in that. Because I mean, that could happen to that could happen to one of us. Uh, yeah, even as step parents. So,
2: um,
1: oh yeah, just maybe if you could talk a little bit about
2: that, I think that would be really valuable. Okay, so you know, from the minute that she died, I I was obviously overcome with grief, and one of the, but even though I was so overcome, I was I just knew that I needed, I, I had one opportunity to make sure I did the, the, the right thing for the kids. And obviously I, I've never been through this before. So I, I was desperate to, uh, I mean, I was asking the, the doctors and there was a, a Greek counselor there at the, the hospital with us. And I just said, look, you, you must tell me how I deal with the kids. You know, what, what do I do just from minute one, when I get home, and open the door, you know, I, I don't want to deliver things in, in a bad way. And And they were very, very good to me. They, they took me to one side and said, look, you've, you've got to, you've got to just make it totally clear what's happened and don't, don't say things like, uh, you know, mummy's passed away or, or things like that. You, you have to say, you have to give them no chance of thinking that, you know, things can get better. So I, I, I I came home. I just took them upstairs and said to them, look, mummy's dead and you'll never see her again.
1: Wow.
2: Wow. That's, um, that's something to deal with, especially and, happening quickly.
1: You know, I've actually got a fr- friend that a similar thing happened to him and, you know, he lost his life yeah. with two young, very young kids. They just had a kid. Um, she was only a few months old and, um, yeah, tough times. Like, yeah, I, I can't, I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I
2: mean, that, that was, that, that, and that was, um, you know, that was very good advice from them because, you know, the, pa- the pain that we all felt then was just unbelievable. And, uh, you know, and then it's just growth from there. And, and they also said to me, funnily, funnily enough, don't, don't be surprised if the kids are, you know, one minute they're crying their hearts out and the next minute, you know, they say something totally normal. So, uh, you know, we'd, we'd had about two or three hours of solid, you know, crying our hearts out. And then my daughter said to me, Daddy, can I still go around to uh, Ellis for a sleepover tomorrow night? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and that's just that's just how kids work. Yeah, exactly. The kids. If anyone goes through grief and they've they've got kids and uh, you know, similar age to mine, they'll probably find that the the kids were my, they were all they were what got me through it all because they were they constantly you know I was caring for them so it helped take some of the edge off off my grief. Uh, we all grieve very hard together. Uh, but then we'd have moments of, of fun because they're kids and they, they've got to have fun, right? You know, they you can't yeah. just... They, they grieve much better than we do. Um, yeah. So I, I I use that to try and... I try to grieve how they grieve. So, you know, when I saw them crying, you know, I had a massive cry. I wasn't scared of crying in front of them. I encouraged it. I encouraged my son to cry. Uh, and then when they had fun, I would have fun. We'd have yeah. dinner. Wow. And we'd play games, and you know. Wow. So yeah, uh, that's... I I just um, dedicate myself to them to try and get them through it, and that helped me get through it. Yeah, wow, that's that's a lesson right there. Just to
1: you know take a leaf really, or take a leaf out of their book and and join join them because kids do know how to have fun. It's kind of naturally and built, and that uh, you know yeah. s- said on some previous podcasts that. You know, we we lose that ability just to snap into fun, and as we get older, and you know, it's a it's a great reminder. Um, not exactly the way we want to be reminded, but you know, it's it's yeah. Take my hat off to you for for joining them in you know just being able to deal with it together. Really,
2: yeah. So yeah.
1: I like let's shift gears from there a little bit. But um, yeah. So how did you you, you know you told us. A little bit about meeting um, your wife, okay. your current wife. Yeah. How, what about um, her, I'm guessing at daughter Summer?
2: Yes, indeed. Yeah,
1: so how did that go in the first meeting? What, um, you know, how, did you, yeah, was it awkward? Was it, yeah, these are interesting conversations because it's an interesting, you know, times
2: when we yes. have to go through that first meeting. Yes, indeed. So, uh, I'm very lucky. So, some of the, you know, she's a great girl and, uh, I'd already, all, all my cousins and, uh, aunts and uncles had already told me, you know, what a, what a lovely girl she was. So I, I was not nervous in any way at all. So after we'd had these, you know, six weeks of emails, I finally, uh, turned up. I got the train up to Manchester and, uh, we were, I was going to take her out to dinner. So my, my cousins live in Manchester. So the plan was for me to, uh, they were going to pick me up from Manchester Station and take me back to theirs. I was going to get ready and then I'd pick Josie up in the evening we'd go out for dinner. So uh, I got there, I got in the car and they said, oh, so, sorry, uh, change of plan. We're, uh, we've been asked to babysit for summer tonight so we thought we'd kill two birds with one stone and uh, we'll go around to Josie's now and, uh, and we'll pick up summer. So huh, I was absolutely flapping, you know, because I, I thought All I would right. in till the evening. I had, you know, <laughs> like a shocking outfit on a hand shave probably smelt. <laughs> so uh I thought oh, I'll spruce myself up later but anyway that didn't happen. So uh that was a bit of a baptism of fire. Uh yeah. my cousins didn't seem to care because it was just made their lives easier and they didn't care about my pain. So uh, yeah we 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 went into the house. So this, this is the first time I met them so be, because at the very early stages uh we didn't want before we knew it was going to be, you know, the real thing, we didn't want to, uh, you know, bother really uh, Oscar and Abby or Summer about this sort of romantic side in case there's any negative reaction. So I was just introduced as as uh, cousin Exton, <laughs> you know, because I was, came around with my cousins. And yep. uh, it, it was just promoted that, you know, we, there was an evening that me and Josie were going to be part of. It wasn't going to be romantic. So S- Summer was just happy, happy-go-lucky. She was. She's dead affectionate. She came and gave me a massive hug, which was nice. Yeah. So, uh, and, and then we proceeded to uh, uh, drive back to my, my cousin's house with my, my cousin and her husband in the front of the car, and me and Summer in the back. So, right. Uh, me thinking, <laughs> oh, because i would already had a feeling that me and Joseph was gonna be, you know, a match made in heaven. So I was yep. sat there in the back, chatting away to this really chatty, friendly. Intelligent six-year-old thinking, "Oh my God! You know, (laughs) you haven't got a clue, but you could be my stepdaughter. You know, I'm going to be a massive part in your life, and I I can't wait. You know, you know. Yeah, I was just sort of taking a little snapshot into the future. So that was that was quite funny. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. That
1: um, I was going to say, you almost got to know her more than what her mum knew you in that car ride, probably.
2: Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Well. Me and Josie did, you know, the stories are from from the wedding. Me and Josie just sat together and chatted nonstop for about yeah. twelve hours. So we we did know each other quite well. But yeah, it was it was great to to have that opportunity in Summer, and It's something we look back on now and have a real laugh about.
1: And how, how old uh, was Summer then?
2: She was six then. Six. Okay. Okay. So
1: yeah, I mean, I met my two boys um, when they were eighteen months and three years, and. It, yeah a little bit older
2: a little bit wiser at 6 years old too yeah it could have been a lot trickier than it was because you know <laughs> you, you could get some you could get some kickback i in one sense i'm lucky because she doesn't have um she doesn't see her her biological father very much um right. and you know there's a big he uh, he he left the, the home when she was 18 months old so it's always as, as, as far as she's known, it's always been her and Josie sort of against the world. So um, yeah. it w- it wasn't like I was muscling in on her dad. Uh, sure, so th- sure. there was a there was a vo- there was a void there, uh, and I think Summer, you know, S- Summer uh, sort of think was a encouraging of Josie to uh, to find a new bloke, basically. So right. <laughs> but yeah. Josie was very 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 much in the case of uh, it, she. she because of summer, she didn't want to. She didn't want to make any compromises with, with uh, her next relationship. So she ended up becoming quite fussy, and uh, and that led to, you know, summer. Well, she she knew she wants she wanted to be with someone, but she didn't yep. want to make the compromise.
1: Yeah, sure, sure, sure.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny.
1: Tell me, um, just like how was, um, Josie with with you and summer and like what was that dynamic like at the start was it always kind of rosy or was it a little bit heat tension you know, was there was tension there at any stage
2: or very lucky to say always rosy i mean i can't i can't looking back i can't remember any any signs of tension or problems you know i was always you know greeted with a massive hug at the door uh non-stop chatting you know, very affectionate. Uh, as time went on, you know, when Josie came out to see me in London, she brings Summer down with her. Um, so yeah, very lucky, James, really. Yeah, that's it, it great. Couldn't have been smoother on the, on the step, on the step front.
1: Yeah, that's great. Tell me, um, does Summer have any connection with a, with a father now? Is he in the picture? Is there any sort of dynamic there that you guys have to work through or is he kind of out of the picture? What? What happens now nowadays? Uh,
2: he, he's, he's in the picture. He, he lives in the south, uh, so there, it was more problematic getting getting stomach to him when Jesse's up in Manchester. So it's a lot easier now. We, we've got a meeting point which is about an hour away from both of us. So uh, it, it's very civil. She goes down there maybe once every once every two months, uh, once every three months. She has a lovely time down there by all accounts. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit weird because it's like her dad isn't too bothered because, you know, we'll, we'll come back from, she'll, we'll pick her up from a weekend and she'll say, oh yeah, daddy had to go to work, uh, you know, all day Saturday and part of Sunday. And, and me and Josie just, you know, we're gobsmacked, you know, sometimes they haven't seen her for two or three months. Yeah. Sure. Um, and, and it's just, it's just alien to us, you know. Yeah, it's alien yeah. that he doesn't want to see her that often, and it's alien that when he does see her, he doesn't fear. her. Uh, and she's uh, his his other half is lovely, and she absolutely adores him. And she's the one who contacts us to say, you know, please, please, can we re- rearrange the next uh, the next visit? So yeah, so, yeah. Right. wow. Selfishly, selfishly, I'm I suppose if I'm being honest, I, I'm glad uh, that the situation is like that because he's created a he's created this void for me to fill. Which yeah. which I love, and then I think a year after uh, we'd all been living together, uh, you know, summer off her own back, asked me asked me, Josie, it was all right if I she called me daddy, so <laughs> that was absolute music to my ears because uh, yeah, wow, well, you know, I didn't I didn't want her to feel you know because when she was at school it was confusing because she was meant to calling me you know not calling me daddy called me Exton, it, it was it was. Yeah, it was just nice, and it just—it felt, you know, strange for a very short period of time, a couple of couple of weeks, maybe. And now, it's, you know, it couldn't be more natural. You know, I, I treat her totally like one of my own. I don't see any any difference. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's been lovely. That's been lovely. Yeah, well, so, yeah. To, to answer your question, yeah, it's—he—he uh, he hasn't got a major part in her life, and I—I I can only really see that being diluted as she gets older. She gets all. As far as I've been told, you'll know a lot more than me. As the stepkids get older, they have less uh less in well, they have more interests that dominate their things to do at the weekend rather than seeing their stepmom or stepdad. You know, they have friends. They mm. you know might have a boyfriend or girlfriend. So, so yeah, it's it's uh it's a good it's good for me. It's good for me. It's not good for him, obviously, because he's missing out on on summers childhood yeah. but you know
1: that's his that's his choice. So who am yeah, i to, a, to say what's good and not good for him. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, I, I have all sorts of conversations with um stepdads and you know, you hear these stories about the different dynamics and some are really good and connected with their dad, some aren't some, you know, like and you know you know, we talk about living the warrior's way and, you know, we know that there's a much brighter side on the uh, you know, like at the other end of putting in the work and mm. you just you kind of want to like I I want to I'm obviously reaching out my hand to all the stepdads around and opening up this conversation to you know to help them um, live better lives and you know be better leaders for their own kids um, mm. but it's almost you want to reach out to the to the other partners as well just to kind of you know give, yeah. them, a, give them a shake you know and it's quite, what missing out on. Mm. yeah it's quite funny I, I talk to a lot of dads, and it's like the like the stepdads and they they really do take on that role of being a dad and um really you know immerse themselves in that and it's interesting to see the other side of the you know the coin where dads will walk away from you know from a relationship and they walk away from the kids as well. It's hard for me to mm. believe and I'm sure you know. Sounds like um, I was just about to ask you know, what are your thoughts on being a dad in the relationship, but you know, it sounds like mm. you're loving it. Oh yeah, couldn't couldn't love it anymore. Yeah. Are you tell me, we kind of you know you've obviously been married um, before, and were kids always
2: in your plan, even younger? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, uh, my first wife, you know, we were together early doors, you know, straight from school. So it's it something we always talked about. And, and in fact, I, uh, I, we always wanted a, a massive family, maybe, maybe, you know, even more than four. Um, but as you know, kids are very hard work <laughs> and, uh, and quite expensive. And, uh, you know, we got to a stage we'd had to, uh, and yeah, we, we we were very happy with our lives. Uh, so, so, uh, yeah, we, we stopped there, but after I've met Josie, uh, it, it just felt the right thing to do to, to try for one more. And, yep. and what we've, fa- what we've found is he's been a, Dexter's been a real sort of cement in the family. He's, he's a real focal point for everyone. Um, and he, he's brought us all closer together, I think, which is, which has been a, which is something we thought might happen, but yeah, it has happened and, and it's been a, been a pleasure to witness. Yeah, that's, that's kind of, I've heard of that,
1: like, there's been a few guys on there that had the same sort of thing, um, yeah. same sort of dynamic happen, and it's always brought everyone together. Um, you yeah. know, it's, it's, yeah, that must be magical. Um, I don't have my own bi- biological kids um, at present, uh, but yeah. you never know, one day I hope uh, we might experience that for myself as well. Nice. Um, tell me, like, you know, There's obviously been struggles you know every family goes through different things um, that they have to deal with what's been you know some of the ones that you know some of the challenges that you've come up against or maybe you know what's been the the big one that stands out for you and how did you deal with it
2: Uh, well the, the the obvious big one was getting over the death, right? But do, do you mean more recently? I uh, just more recently,
1: yeah. Sorry, I didn't. Uh, I was just going to say more recently when, yeah, in dealing with your um, stepdaughter,
2: um,
1: and it could be, you know, just the dynamic between all the kids. It could be, could have, you know, schooling or whatever that might be. I think
2: it, there hasn't been a lot of problems, but it, I suppose one would be um, the relationship between uh, my eldest son. Oscar, who's uh, nearly 18, and Summer. That, that was a bit... Uh, in, in the early days, I think, when when Josie and Summer moved in with us, he... Although, you know, I, I talked to the kids at length before we made that decision. You know, we talked to all three kids and they were all, you know, fully supportive. Um, you know, we, we knew it, it could be a potential tough, tough time, but it, it went really well. But, yeah, it, it would be... Abby, who's my eldest daughter, who, who's 15, and Summer have got a brilliant relationship. Um, spend a lot of time with each other, even, even though there's the age gap there, you know, of a, of a weekend, if they're not seeing their friends, you know, they'll, they'll just chill out, watch a movie, or do some art, oh, some craft stuff, or, or whatever. They get on really well. And and that... The relationship hasn't really been there between Oscar and Summer. Um, when, he, when they moved in, he was sort of awkward teenager phase. So... Um, you know, he didn't really react too well to Summer's, you know, affection, uh, wanting to, you know, hug and kiss everything that moves. <laughs> uh, oh, right. That didn't go too well, but, but, you know, sometimes it did come across as, you know, he, he, he would be a bit mean towards her and be a bit nasty. So yeah, that, that was something that we had to, we had to have words with. Um, but since he's got older, he's matured a lot. He, he, uh, he's gone from a shy teenager to, uh, you know, he got a job when he was 16 in a restaurant. He's dealing with people all the time. He's become a lot more confident and mature. And, uh, you know, the, the relationship is with someone is, is improving all the time, you know. And and, and they both, they've both both got a massive love of uh, field hockey. So, they uh, you know, we try to encourage that by, you know, I'll take them up to the training ground and and... You know, we'll all play together, and then I'm absolutely rubbish. So I'll just, you know, dip out of the equation and go get a coffee, and they'll carry on, and <laughs> just sort of uh, not not make it too too uh fabricated. But we we try and create situations, you know, where that that relationship can can develop because uh you know we just want every single relationship within the family to be to be a good and strong one. So yeah, I'd say that that's the only little blip that we've encountered.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um. How about the you, you know, like it's a, it's a massive thing to first of all, lose your first wife, um, and then have to deal with, you know, raising two kids just kind of instantly overnight. Um, yeah. and then, you know, meeting someone that, you know, you think, wow, this could be the, you know, best thing since sliced bread. Um, yeah like what's been your your biggest growth point kind of thing what or what have you what have you had to let go of in all of this happening um along the way like what's yeah what's been your biggest growth point what's been, been the biggest learning
2: um i think initially uh, I felt a lot of guilt um because you know julianne had died and and her she dedicated her life to the kids she was just uh she absolutely loved being a mum um and then you know she's she 's gone, and she 's going to miss out on the rest of their lives you know she 's only Abby was nine and Oscar was eleven so uh, i I instantly feel guilty because i I know I knew from that moment that my relationship would would take a massive improvement it would, would improve greatly between me, Oscar, and Abby, because this tragedy would bring us very tight together, and then I would see them a lot more because you know, I wouldn't be able to pull uh, be doing these massive uh shifts at work because I'd I'd need to be around more. So there's two reasons I feel guilty, uh seeing them more and seeing their, their lives. And then furthermore, when when I met Josie and I was I was like a you know, love struck teenager skipping around, you <laughs> know literally uh, couldn't yeah. take the smile off my face. I couldn't yeah. not have been happier. But then, you know, in quiet moments this just made me feel even more guilty. Uh it just added to the list of, of awesome things that have happened whilst, yeah. you know, poor Julianne's died. So yeah. that is something, when you say what's one thing you had to let go, I, I had to let that go because, because I, I always try and think, um, you know, Julianne loves the kids so much. All she'd want for them is to be happy. And, and if I can, uh, you know, finish off their childhood, you know, from the, the foundation that Julianne created. Take them from you know nine and uh, nine and eleven through to when they're you know eighteen and leaving home try and try and force them into you know decent human beings who've had a lot of love throughout their life then she's going to be happy she will be happy that i've done that so and and part of their happiness is is seeing me happy so you know, yeah you have to
1: you do have to move on um, exactly yeah it's uh I'm sure you know do you talk to the kids about it much or? yeah is it of course, of
2: course yeah yeah very very much um you know and and Josie's very good with that as well. we'll be set you know set around having a having a dinner together, and you know we are constantly, oh, yeah, I remember mummy used to do this, and you know we get the photos out and and talk about talk about her there's no you know we haven't made it a to do subject, you know, um
1: yeah,
2: but funnily enough it i I find myself trying to you know it's like getting blood out of a stone sometimes it's. it's uh, especially with Oscar, because, you know, you let them know that you want to talk about it, but they, they don't seem to, well, it doesn't come naturally. They don't talk about it. They never come to me and and say, you know, talk about any thoughts they're having about their mum and if they've got having any problems. It, it's always me checking in with them. Um, yeah. But they always seem to be fine. Now, I don't know if they're just, you know, not, not keeping, you know, not telling me stuff or keeping stuff from me, but, you know, I'll just always just have to maintain that they've, they've got an open line of communication directly to me and they can talk about anything good or bad. Um, yeah,
1: I think that's really important, you know, um, just to relay that from a young age as well to, you know, I I know myself with the boys, I'm constantly, you know, kind of just reinforcing that, that, you know, I'm always here. It doesn't matter what you've done, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter what you, you know, it's, a uh, it's one of those values that you, or, you know, kind of a, you know, I guess a value that you've got to instill in them that the door is open. Um, yeah, yeah. Is there, is there anything like any other major kind of values that you try to, I guess, shape the kids with? Um, you know, we all kind of have our own way of being and the things that we value, but are you, you know, is there any one, you know, one or two values that you would recommend to other stepdads, you know, just diving in for the first time? There's obviously guys here that have had kids for a long time. There's guys that are just walking into new relationships today. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything that I you...
2: Think, think... One, of, one of the big things, I think, just to, to protect yourself more than anything is to, to to be always be wary of being 100% fair. Uh, you know, I mean, I used to do this just won't, uh, when I just had two kids, Oscar and Abby, you know, never show any signs of favoritism towards any of them because, you know, that's just a toxin. So I think this is even more appropriate when you've got stepkids. So mm. uh, if you've got stepkids and natural kids, then you have to be, you have to be fairer than fair, and you have to, <laughs> you have to ram that message home. You have to market yourself as being fair. <laughs> whenever, yeah. whenever you are being fair, you know, make sure you tag it and. <laughs> make sure you tell a story about when you were fair that day and so yeah. that 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 instills on them that, you know, there's no difference between the you know, the stepdaughter or stepson and, and the natural daughter and the natural son. So that would be a one ma- a one massive thing and one bit of advice I give to any any new any new stepdads. Yeah, that I mean, that's a great piece of advice. It's um and
1: like I'll I know myself, um I fell into that trap early on. Um With the, you know, my two little boys, Che and Indy, Che was the younger one and at 18 months, you know, he used to just come and wrestle me all day long and he was just a cute little, you know, a baby, you know, and we formed a really close bond early on and he, you know, to the point where, you know, I still remember him coming up to me one day and saying, are you my daddy? You know, like he, he didn't know the (laughs) difference any different. Um, Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And, you know, I know, you know, Leonie, my partner, pointed it, pointed it out a fair few times, saying, "I think you're fa- you know you 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 you're kind of favouring Che, you know the younger one." Yeah. And I didn't mean to be, but it's be, you know it was because we created such a good bond early on, and I really had to actually do the work on myself and understand, you know, like and like I had to kind of ask myself that question and and then go about the work to rectify it. You know, it, it's a <laughs> Yeah. Probably an e- easy one to fall into if if you, know, you kind of get along with one better than the other, or one's just a different um, a different type of person. You know, might be more chatty or not chatty, or yeah. like you you said about Summer. You know, she loves yeah. to hug and kiss, and you know, yeah. So it's yeah, I think it's a
2: it's a valuable one, mate. It's difficult. It's difficult not to take the easy option, which is you know, for you it'd be you know, go wrestling the young one. Uh, so you just yeah. have to sort of step back and try and be a bit more creative and, and and try and even it out, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and you've got to you've got to find that commonality in in all the kids instead of just going yeah. to the one that you know, kind of you know, that's the easy smile. Um,
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> you, know, you, you never want to. and Not that I was causing Indy to cry, but you know, it was always <laughs> easy to get a smile, and yeah. you know, and yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. You know, just the it's a. I guess a lot of people would look at that as probably a little thing, but it's such a big thing, isn't it?
2: Oh, 100%. Mm,
1: 100%. Mate, I'll wrap this up shortly, but um, I just wanted to say thanks very much for sharing. Obviously, um, yeah, you've been through, through the wars and come out on the other side, and obviously it sounds like you have a rosy kind of a future ahead, uh, is there any last words that you wanted to say? Any last tip or anything you'd like to share just before we, we wrap this up? Um,
2: uh, all I was going to say was if there's any, um, if any of your listeners, you know, would benefit from, uh, you know, speaking with me if, if they face, find themselves in a similar situation that I was, uh, and they just need someone to talk to, then, you know, more than happy for them to, to reach out. You know, I, I'd you know happy to, to help anyone in any way I can. So that that will be it, really. I'm I'm open. Mate, to yeah,
1: assist people if if required. Mate, that's a that's a huge call, and I do appreciate that a lot, mate. I'm sure if someone wants to do that, they can get in touch through the website, mm-hmm. and I can put them in touch with you for sure, mate. That's that's very generous of you. Um, no excellent. Thanks very much for being on the call. Awesome to chat. Thank you for sharing. And yeah, I look forward to catching up in the future, mate.
2: Beautiful. Lovely, James. Great to speak to you. Thank you.
0: Would you like to learn more about how stepdads across the globe are joining forces in raising the next generation of leaders? then head to www.stepdadsuccess.com and grab all the show notes plus a copy of the brand new tactical guide for creating more happiness, health, wealth and wisdom as a stepdad. And if you liked the podcast, please share it with other stepdads you know and leave us a review on iTunes. Again, that's www.stepdadsuccess.com for all the show notes and tactical guide. Come and join the new breed of stepdads, the growing
2: group of leaders raising leaders.